When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. <laughs> this is for the girls podcast it's a really quiet podcast about gays and their divas this is gays gabbing about girls this is queers and iconic female worship who do we have today today we have michael yuri <laughs> hello hi. Hi. hi michael hello good morning everyone knows michael yuri is an amazing actor <laughs> who uh you all know from ugly betty and the play buyer and seller and currently on broadway and Torch Song uh, by Harvey Firestein and so many things. I mean, Michael's been in a million TV shows and movies, and he's incredible, and um, we love him. Hi. Welcome, Hi, Michael. Thank you so much. Who are you I'm, talking about? Well, we're going to talk about Bernadette Peters today. <laughs> the one and only. Oh, my God. <laughs> Another Broadway legend. <laughs> I was listening to her on my way over. Oh, just really? to, like, prep. What were you listening to? Follies. Oh. Um, the new Broadway cast of Follies. Not because that's what I wanted to listen to, but because that's the only music I actually have on my phone, and oh. I couldn't get a signal. Oh, yeah. So I was like, well, fine, I'll listen to Follies. <laughs> well, I think we were both like, she doesn't have Spotify. <laughs> I do have Spotify, but, oh, I don't have premium. You, oh. That's what it is. I think you should treat yourself, yeah, or yeah. get Ryan to treat you for Christmas. <laughs> All right. Is it worth it? Yeah. It's totally you know, I'm a little anti-Spotify, because this is off-topic. Already. That's okay. But I'm a little anti-Spotify because of their ads. Because their ads are like, ever listen to Spotify and hear those songs you just don't want to hear? We can skip on premium. And I'm like, this is not cool. For the hey, poor- Spotify, but- sponsor us. Yeah, but true. <laughs> but, but the thing is, you can skip on premium. Isn't that right, Spotify? Yeah. I think yeah. it's like 79 cents a month or something. But no, what if they're not. skipping Bernadette Peters? Or, you know, or Bette Midler? That would... See, I, I would never skip it. No, I knew I'd get them with that. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Spotify. Um, Michael, you're from Plano, Texas, mm-hmm. right? And that is the town where all boys who love Bernadette Peters are from, That's right. right. That's right. It's me and um, Michael Benjamin Washington and John uh, Benjamin Hickey. Oh, wow. Is it John? <laughs> all the boys there really do love Bernadette Peters. Wait, their middle names are both Benjamin? Is that right? John Benjamin Hickey. Another fat in Plano. And You're uh, Michael, Michael Benjamin. Benjamin Urey. Urey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, uh, Michael and I were in high school together, and John was ahead of us. And who else went to that high school? There's a lot of a lot of New York uh, theater people that are from Texas in general, sure. as you know. Texas is a big place. Texas is a huge place, and and many many gay boys must get out of Texas, and we do. Usually on the on the uh, following our dreams of meeting Bernadette Peters. Yeah, tell us about that. Did she help well, you? When did that dream first come into your little um, bedroom? Um, <laughs> it was uh, the PBS Into the Woods. PBS's great performances of Into the Woods, which was uh, something I don't remember how I ended up seeing it. Maybe I got the VHS. Um, oh, I love that you're taking notes. This is oh, great. Always. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're journalists. <laughs> So I found the, you know, I somehow found it, or somebody, somebody said, "Oh, you got to watch this. You got to watch this." This video of Into the Woods that I just became obsessed with, and I still, and not just Bernadette, you know, but yes, definitely Bernadette, but Joanna Gleason and Chip Zion and uh, Robert Westenberg, who plays Cinderella's Prince and the Wolf, and um, it just like that incredible cast, that incredible production, um, and how beautifully it was captured and how brilliant she was she was so funny and then heartbreaking and it was somehow it was so new york you know they were all sort of like upper west side people mm-hmm. in that show and i just thought i have to get to new york i have to i want to be a part of this kind of a thing and she and then from there i discovered all of her other work I discovered in, in into the woods what was the she has a couple hits on that yeah what was the one that you were 
Am I right, girls? Yeah. Am I right? She charted. She charted with This is investigative journalism. <laughs> Am I? Uh, what was the? What was that? What, do you remember the song where you were like, "There she is." There's that. Well, you know that blew you that away. Song when she's still. Remember, she starts the show still like as like ugly and haggard, and um, she's like she's her, her Rapunzel is her her daughter that she sort of kidnapped and made her, and she's still in the ugly mask. Before she's become beautiful, and she sings "Stay with Me." I love that. Oh, mm-hmm. it's <gasps> so beautiful, and and under a mask, she like conveys all this stuff. Let's just hear a little bit of okay, that. Okay, let's hear a little bit. What did I clearly say? Children should listen. No, no, please. What were you not to do? Children must see. No, and learn. Why could you not obey? Children should listen. What have I been to you? What would you have me be? Hands up like a prince. Ah, but I am old, I am ugly, I embarrass you. No. You are ashamed of me. No. You are ashamed. You don't understand. It was lonely atop that tower. I was not company enough. I am no longer a child. I wish to see the world. Don't you know what's out there in the world? Someone has to shield you from the world. Stay with me. Sondheim's so good. That ding, that that chord in the middle of it, that's just like heartbreak. You just feel like she's, uh, it's so good. And it's such an interesting song to play because you're threatening, insulting your daughter. Yeah. You're like threatening her, you're accusing her, you're uh, manipulating her. Guilting her, guilting right. Guilting her. And then you're also saying like, I just, I mean, how, you know, it's so, like, I think this all the time, like the world is ugly. Yeah. And there's just a sense of don't be a part of this because it. it she she's she's also one of those divas who I love who is not afraid to be ugly to yeah. play ugly and make ugly choices. Right. You know, make choices that she does. She's not always interested in only being adored. Right. And and and, and when she sings too. I mean, not, not so much as like you know concert and recordings, but like in you know, she doesn't do it the same every time. And you can if you listen to the album and then watch. The PBS, you can see like she makes different choices from from the recording to the taping, and then of course now that I've seen her in many things and seen her multiple times in things, she doesn't. She lives every night. She doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't have like a cookie cutter performance. She doesn't find the choice she likes and stick with it. She she's always working and and unafraid to you know lose something and and then gain something and. Um, she just, she. I remember reading when uh, Gypsy. She did Gypsy for like a year on Broadway, and when it ended, um, they asked somebody asked her in an interview if she was satisfied, and she said, "No, I think we could have gone deeper." Mm. After a year of doing that, she was still not done working. That's crazy. She's amazing. How many times do you think you saw that PBS oh, into the woods? I could quote every line. I, I, I mean, I have this vivid memory of putting it on, you know, on a Saturday afternoon. Is this on VHS? On VHS. And I, I have several memories of, like, waking up sort of sweaty as the credits were rolling. Like, I would watch it and doze off and then wake up <laughs> in the Texas, you know, like the sun would be beating down through the window and, the, and it would be, bah, 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 and it was the credits rolling. I, I watched it all the time. And in fact, when when Ryan and I met, when my partner and I met, we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Ooh, and when we met, thank you. And when we met, um, I was staying at <laughs> Carol Kane's apartment. And we, yes, long wow. story. Um, Carol Kane fans, right in. We'll do it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we love Carol I Kane. I love Carol Kane. Oh, she's, she's a delight. Um, I wouldn't get into real estate business with her. Okay. But, um, I know that from Kimmy I, Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, I, I was living in her apartment and 
that's when Ryan and I were courting when we were like first dating oh, and stuff. Courting. And yeah. <laughs> and she had the VHS of Into the Woods and and, and a VCR. Um I mean this is ten years ago, but it was also Carol Kane, so I feel like she probably still has a VCR. Probably a prolific VHS yeah. collection. Yes. She probably sends her VHR into like get repaired in yeah. her VCR. At one place in Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> VCR, VHS. VHS player. VHS. What did I say? In a VCR. Edit that. VHS, what did I say? We're going to edit that right it out. Is it is confusing, actually, that there's well, a VHS tape goes into a VCR. Yeah. And, having anyway, something that's so hard copy is so... Do you remember just like having that tape and yes. being like, this is gold. Oh, yes. Like, this is so exciting. And you find a tape of it again at, at th- Carol's yes, house. Yes, at Carol's house. And Ryan has never seen it. Or maybe he had. I don't remember. But we would watch it. We would like, you know, fall asleep to it every night. Wow. I know. And was he a Bernadette fan too? Yeah, not like me. Not like me. And and has, and has sort of since become, he understands, he gets it. But he doesn't love the musical theater like I do, and he doesn't, you know, he he's not a he he his divas are like Madonna and right. Britney. And if you are, if it's like late at night and you really want to like show him a, a Bernadette YouTube, will he watch it? He will, but <laughs> <laughs> if you're having a real bad day, Willie, um, he he would. But honestly, it's not satisfying to me <laughs> because right. he doesn't. Do you? Have, we've talked about this. Do you with have people. fans that you? Do you have other Bernadette friends who you will like geek out? Oh about yeah, Bernadette yeah, 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 yeah. I have friends who I'll be, if I find a really choice Bernadette take, I'll I'll send it to them. I'll be like, you have to watch this right now, and and. Uh, um, and we'll talk about it. And, and there's so many live performances too. Like, I know. like you said, you can find something different. Yes. Yes, and and gosh, you find things that I I, I mean I, I haven't gone deep lately, but sometimes you can find things that you never saw that you're like, my God, you know the the Tonight Show or or uh, the the uh, uh, like her TV specials and Carol Burnett and she just did so much. Muppets, the Muppets. YouTube She's is so such a gift the for the gays. It really is. It's almost like they meant, yeah. They, they invented it just for us. Have you seen the, uh, when she sings Thank You for Being a Friend from Golden Girls? No, but I we think we have it queued up right here. It's really good. And it's pre-Golden Girls. So the song, Thank You for Being a Friend, which is the Golden Girls theme song, was just a song. And then they re-recorded it for the Golden Girls. And Bernadette sang it in a concert before. What? Yes, and this? it's really good. Let's listen. Let's listen. Let's listen. do that for 27 I know, minutes. I know, on a loop, over and over again. She's the cutest. Why didn't they get her to sing the theme song? And all the instrumental parts. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, I feel like this is like the, a little bit of a lesser known side of her. Yeah. This kind of rocking kind of concert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we know her so much as like a torch singer. She sings those, you know, she's crying. In Sondheim. Like. And belting and, yeah. Right, but she's like, I love this up-tempo. I know. And this is like 79. I love her look in the 70s. Yes, I know. I mean, I, I have always thought she's one of the great Hollywood beauty. Oh, absolutely. Total bombshell. Always. Effortlessly. Still. Still. Even when she's not, you know, she's even, I mean, not so much as the ugly witch in Into the Woods, but even in like Gypsy where she's trying to like, I thought in Gypsy, you know, uh, some people said she wasn't right for it. And I get it. I get why why you would say that, why it's, why it's not, you know, a bombshell. But there was something so heartbreaking about her as Mama Rose, especially at the end, Knowing 
that she could have done it and she mm-hmm. didn't. You know, there's like, there's something about, I mean, obviously, like, all the women who've ever played that role were brilliant and powerhouses and made careers, and that's why they ended up playing that role. But there was something about Bernadette being so beautiful and so talented and such a, you know, triple threat, dancing and singing at the end, and she still didn't ever try. And, and instead, she forced her children into it. She really and, and then when when Rose when, uh, when Gypsy Rose Lee comes in and says you really could have been something, Mama, you totally believed it. Yeah, and it's it was heart wrenching. She was so good at I mean, that. She broke her. She was real. I remember seeing the Tonys and being like, this was a real subtle. Yeah, just heart. Let, and which is even more of a letdown because, because you just see her heartbreak. Like, I know. Just like just keep sinking. I know. And I remember being like, oh, this is. You know, it's not big. Yeah, she is the most. I think. I, I mean, I, I love comparing the Mama Roses. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a game. <laughs> That's a whole episode. Let's play That's that a, at the end we'll, of this. Okay, the real right, right in. If we get enough emails, <laughs> we'll do that episode. I feel like we could have a like a round table with that. And we, we should do a round table with a Patty. With a Patty stand, we'll get. Um, we'll get an ethyl, an ethyl merman stand. I mean, ethyl stands. <laughs> are you podcast, a, we'll just a time cut them stand? Time stands. Are you out there? <laughs> there are Angela Lansbury stands. Oh yeah, all that over would the be, place. That I would love that community of fans. But um, she, I think she might be for me the most broken Mama Rose. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like the break. I mean, that's always I think one of Bernadette's greatest powers is just the yeah. kind of little broken locket that she is. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Should oh. we listen to a little bit of that? No. Oh. We- <laughs> Mama Rose rejected again. <laughs> no, no, yes, yes, yes. yes. No. <laughs> Sorry, my Terry it's Gross one. kicked in and I just want to clip along. It's just one of our clips. Where should we go? From? Oh, what? It's one of our clips and I thought it was a good transition. But... Well, then you said that. I did that little know. Oh, don't, the don't you worry. The saddest part was she did that on the Tonys that year. was incredible and then lost. I know. I just, we just realized that. To Melissa John Winokur. Who was terrific, of course, but, you know, but like what a weird thing to, you know, to <laughs> that night to be like, oh my God, she just brought the house down, okay. destroyed everyone and then didn't Let, win. Let's listen to a bit of Bernadette doing this. I'm going to go from my favorite part. Hold on. Why did I do it? Why did it get me? Scrapbooks full of me in the background. Give on love and what does it get you? What does it get you? One quick look as each of them leaves you. All your life and what does it get you? Thanks a lot and not with the garbage. They take bows and you're batting zero. I had a dream. I dreamed. If it wasn't for me, then where would you be, Miss Gypsy Rosalie? Well, someone tell me, what is it my turn? Don't I get a dream of myself? Starting now, it's gonna be my turn. Get away, world, get off of my runway. Starting now, I got a thousand. This time, boy, I'm taking the Number. Oh, it's, it's just so, on the top five most perfect. I mean, perfect. Perfect. She's so astonishing. Yeah. You I never not get chills when I hear that number. It's incredible. No matter who does it, yeah. it's incredible. But she's something else. It makes watching her do that, it makes me think of um, I love something about her, which is that 
you can fe- sometimes you can feel, and I mean this as a compliment, the, the how difficult it is to sing the way she chooses to sing. Yes. She doesn't choose to sing in an easy way, and she doesn't make easy vocal choices, and it seems to be intentional. Yeah. No, that's a really, that's a, I think you're totally right. That's such a good observation. She lets you see how hard it is to put it out there the way she's putting it out there. She doesn't just like, you know, oh, she, doesn't make, she doesn't make it seem effortless, which is, I, you know, so, you know, so many people get praised for it being effortless, for, for just opening your mouth and this huge sound coming out. And that's impressive too. But she's playing these characters with real problems. She's always in a place of you know uh, uh, anxiety as as every character is in any d- drama or or any conflict they're always in some kind of um they're they're having some kind of turmoil and she puts it into the everything but but the music that's 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 also what i mean by she's not afraid for it not, not just physically but for the vocals to to not be perfect Mm-hmm. She's willing to, you know, let whatever comes out come out. I think that's why someone like Sondheim loves her so much. Is because she acts her way through them, even if it means that that, that not every note is pretty. It's so, it's a story over vanity. Yeah, with her. Yeah. So let's let's take it back here. What was your next after um, Into the Woods? What was what was the, your next association? I hope you say Annie. Um, Annie, Annie was always there. <laughs> Annie was always there. But I'm going to coach this and was never to talk my, about my things. Annie was never my, you know. Oh, no. Well, I love Carol Burnett and Annie. And I love the movie Annie. And I love Tim Curry. I mean, it was sort of like Tim Curry was, you know, a real hero of mine for totally different reasons than Bernadette. Obviously, like, that was something like, I could aspire to. And Bernadette was just, I was just like super fan. Um, but that was, you know, and she's brilliant in Annie, but that wasn't the, that wasn't ever the one that, that was never the thing that just killed me. Um, interestingly, but it was for you? Oh, no, it was just, no. I mean, I'm, I'm obsessed with Annie. I mean, it was the first time I knew, I knew of her. Uh-huh. And I was like, I didn't know that someone could look like a porcelain doll. Like right. so unique. Yes, she she was with so... that little voice, and, and you know, and she kind of had a just this whole thing about her. And, yeah, and the three of them together were so th- funny. Three totally different hysterical types. Yes, they were Genius so complex. yes, and so different. She didn't do anything like Carol Burnett or Tim Curry, and she was in her own thing, doing her own little world that fit perfectly in theirs. Oh, they're really great. She's really funny. Really funny. I feel like people don't credit that enough to her. She's she's so funny. She's so funny. And and so imaginative and knows and, and especially in front of an audience, really knows where where their sweet spot is and and really tailors the performance night to night to the audience. I went when I first moved to New York, I second acted Annie Get Your Gun probably 12 times oh my gosh I would go any night when I was finished with rehearsal at Juilliard I would go if I was done in time I knew when I knew when intermission was I would go mingle with the smokers and go in and find a place to sit or stand and watch the second half and it was different every night it became it ended up becoming a study in how you do a long run and and watching her uh, recreate it for herself and the, the first time I saw her ever was in Annie Get Your Gun from the beginning. I, my mom and I had a tic, had tickets. Uh, it was when she was moving me into Juilliard. They were my parents were moving me into Juilliard. Oh wow! And my mom, my dad went to a Yankees game, and my mom and I went to see Annie Get Your Gun. And she came out. Everyone cheered, and I remember thinking, "Oh, she's kind of not really. This isn't really it. It's not really working." And I was and I was like, "Don't don't 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 let yourself get disappointed. Find the good stuff. Find the good stuff." And then she was, I don't even think she'd sung a song yet. She was still just doing a scene. And she turned and walked off stage. And the actor who was left said something like, well, I often have that effect on people. And then you could hear somebody off stage say, Ron, Ron, stop, stop, Ron, or something. And he was like, oh, okay, okay. And then the curtain came down. 
She went off and puked. She was sick. She had a stomach ache, stomach bug or something like that. <gasps> How thrilling. <laughs> that is thrilling. And they came and made an announcement, said she has a stomach bug, blah, 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 blah. And then, um, and then they, wow. they came back and they said, okay, she's, she's feeling better. She's going to give it a try. She came out and she did, uh, she did a number, can't get a man with a gun. And, and I remember it seeming like we knew what was wrong with her. We knew that she'd just gone off and thrown up. And here she is singing a song on Broadway. And it's effortful. Um, and it was fun. Like it, was, it felt like she was using that. She was using the fact that she'd just thrown up and we all knew it uh-huh. to really like sell it. And then when it was over, she had this like big rifle and she just sort of, she sort of slowly slunk off stage like like Charlie Brown when he's sad with his head all the way down, oh, no. <laughs> and and the, the next scene began, and then it was like the, the next scene was happening, and then they were like, and now here's Annie Oakley, and she didn't come, <laughs> and then the curtain came down again, and she didn't come back, but oh. she tried. I mean, she she gave it her she gave it her all, it was, and it had been it was the first time she had missed, in like six months or something. Were you? How were you feeling? I was, was like, happening? it was so thrilling yeah, on the so, one hand. So exciting. But I was also like. I was like, is she okay? You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> Tell me she's okay. And because her name was above the title, we got rain checked. You could get a rain check. So I ran out and got somebody. My mom, I said, mom, stay here because we're going to watch this. Whatever happens next, we're staying. I ran out. I got, I got a little rain check. I got someone to sign our ticket. I went back and we watched um, the understudy take over. And she was fabulous. You know, first time ever on. Didn't miss a beat. Uh, everybody, you know, the show had all this energy. You know, when an understudy goes on anyway, there's all this energy. And the audience mm-hmm. knew. And she, when, they, when they made their entrance, you know, of course, all the understudies got applause. The new people got applause. And it was really exciting. And, and then I went back and saw it again, and, 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 you know, with my rain check uh, all the way through. And, of course, she was, you know, she was awesome. And Did you see that with your with your mommy? No, my mom never got to see it. Unfortunately, she never got to see it with Bernadette. But did your mom or or did anyone else like growing up ever make you feel weird or bad about liking Bernadette? Yeah, my uh, I I would get teased by my uh, straight guy friends um, for being so into Bernadette. Um, not my mom; she was she was cool with it. But when I when I turned sixteen, my parents bought me a used. Um, Chevy Beretta, a 1989 red Chevy Beretta. That was my car when I turned 16. And I named it the Bernadetta. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the Bernadetta. (laughs) Because it was a Beretta and I was obsessed with her. And um, and, uh, so people, you know, it was one of those things that everybody, it was just like something that people associated with me. He likes Bernadette Peters. And some people would tease me and, you know, I remember I had this, I did have this one friend who was like, who was like, who once was like, oh, my friend played French horn in an orchestra that Bernadette was a soloist for and said she's fat. And I was like, that's, well, that can't be. That just can't be true. <laughs> that can't be remotely true. And, and, Quit telling lies. And, and you're just trying to tear me down. It's just you're just trying to tear me down. And and I didn't I didn't believe it for a second. <laughs> when you were saying the thing that uh, you did it in Annie Get Your Gun, the ability to start to know to know someone a performer so well that you can start seeing yeah. the slight changes. It's so yeah. intimate. Oh, yeah. You know, you feel like part of their um, process and their artistry. Right. I, I don't know. I think that because we, we have the same thing. Like, we'll do the same thing with Bette Midler. Yeah. We'll send, we'll send like five different Wind Beneath My Wings takes and like, see, at two point, you know, two yes. minutes and five seconds, she does this. Right. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's so true. I, I, the same, same thing. It's like the, this version of being alive, she goes up at the end. This version, she stays on the line. You know, it's, it's like, thrilling. Yeah, it is. When you know somebody that well. And she, and who has songs that are staples. Right. That she will do in every concert that she will, you know, you can, you can revisit like, especially over the years, over the decades. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you want to talk about like versions of Not A Day Goes By that Bernadette sings, it's, uh, for me, it's always going to be the uh, Sondheim celebration at Carnegie Hall. 
it she's also it's also good when she does her own concert of Sondheim at Carnegie Hall, but it's better at the Sondheim celebration at Carnegie Hall. Why? Do, is it, is it well, just I, the feeling? I part of it is I think you know it's part of a, a whole you know the, the, when she's doing her own concert, it's more in the fabric of the show as opposed to one of those concerts where they they shove a diva out to sing a song, and they you know have to go and like make their mark, uh-huh. and and they they put it all into that one number as opposed to it being a part of the entire evening. Um, Let's listen to a little oh, bit of that. Oh, okay. This, is this the Sondheim at Carnegie Hall? Mm-hmm. Or is this this a, is a crier, I feel like. Oh, man. from being so like small and controlled to so sweeping in no time oh. which is a, a Sondheim testament too I mean that that's what that song is as a soliloquy that goes from zero to a hundred like that but watching her breathe oh, to I know. prepare that it's part it's part it's partly that dress and that she you know like heaves up her cleavage so you can really see the breath. This move. is so petty, but she works. I mean, there's a lot of she does a lot of these Sodheim. Yeah, and every gown I'm she just always oh, looks so always perfect. Yes, oh. and that just that, and then the, the hair falling, or sometimes she'll and her skin. Up. She's never been in oh. the sun. Never, never, no. never, never, never seen the sun. Never, never seen it. Seen the sun. Um, she wakes up at catch, eight o'clock at night. Catch in her voice. I know the emotional catch. I love that with a singer. When you hear that that little, oh, it's almost like a little. I don't know a catch. And this is fun for a podcast, but you can watch it in her eyes. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, see them like it's the movie. She's playing the movie of the yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's playing. She is able. And you see this on the with Mom, Mama Rose on the Tonys. She's playing for the camera and the back of the house at the same time. Hmm. Somehow, because well, she's just so she feels she's so truthful. Yeah, that it works on both That's levels. Right. She's. I don't ever really see her as someone who is false. She doesn't no. like. She doesn't deliver a lot of like no. false line readings or false. Uh, She's never, she's she just doesn't never push. Played. She doesn't push it in there. No, you know she doesn't ever overcompensate. Right. It, like you said, it's and it and it and it is that weird thing where you're like, oh, now she's just belting. Yeah. As if she all she has to do is open her mouth. Like she makes it seem like. But that there's that's why like she's you know one of the premier interpreters of Sondheim. Yeah, because it's 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 a hundred percent true every time, and it's unique every time. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's why he loves her so much because he can go and watch her do the same songs over and over again and find something new every time because she does. She doesn't she doesn't figure out, oh that's how it is. That's how it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on to that. She, you know, continues to to deepen and 
and to work, rework, and, and he, yeah. isn't he always reworking his stuff and tinkering? Is that a wrong take? I don't know. Cut, I don't know. Cut, I don't cut know. that. <laughs> cut that part out. Sondheim stands are going to email you. Cut that. Out. He does not. He's a perfectionist. When he's done, he's done. Yeah, cut. Listen, <laughs> the six people who listen to this podcast are... <laughs> Our moms. <laughs> Our moms Pam, are too. Pam. Pam Bethany is the third. I'm obsessed with these mining. We Tom might get, Wolpat. Yeah, Tom Wolpat's listening. <laughs> Cut this whole fucking thing. Cut this whole fucking thing. You guys are cute. Um, do you know her? Have you met her? You must have. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, okay. So, um, we were doing Ugly Betty, this TV show that I did. And in the third season... Um, we moved to New York. So we shot the we shot the pilot in New York and then the first two seasons in LA. And then because of a big New York tax incentive, they moved the entire show to New York. And so when we moved to New York, suddenly we started getting all these really exciting theater people. I mean, we had great guest stars in LA. And Patty Lapone came and did a show, get an episode in LA, played my mom. And, oh, wow. and we had cool people in LA. But um, we moved to New York and suddenly we could get whatever Broadway stars we wanted. And there was this role for this episode where my character and Betty um, take um, a, a young editor's training initiative class, um, or Yeti. And, um, <laughs> and they were looking for somebody really exciting to play the teacher. And it was this role for the woman. It was like a Greek lady who was going to be like really like fashionable and, and, and scary and sexy and and they had talked about B.B. Newworth. For some reason, B.B. said no. And and I remember saying, Jeff Soffer, who's a good friend of mine, was the casting director. And I remember being like, Jeff, what about Bernadette? Because I knew he loved Bernadette. And he was like, he was like, I pitched her, and they said they said they weren't sure, you know. And the offer was already out to B.B. And and so you know, if B.B. passes, I'll revisit. And B.B. ended up passing for whatever reason. And I was like, Jeff, Bernadette, I'm telling you, it's Bernadette. You've got to get her in. And so he was like, all right, all right, let me pitch it again. And they said yes, and they offered it to her, and she said yes. And so I first met her at the table read for her first episode. Oh, my God. And I was a puddle. I was so, so nervous, so starstruck. And you had scenes with her. Yes, I was going to have scenes with her. It wasn't just like she was going to be in a, you know, I mean, because we had, we had other people that would come and do, a, you know, like Rita Moreno, but I never I never dealt with her. And she was, and that was exciting, but I didn't really have anything with her, or, you know, but like I was going to have scenes with this woman. I was going to have downtime on set with her and I was going to have every reason to go up and say, introduce, introduce myself. You know, and I'd been around her before. I'd seen her at stage doors or, or, you know, whatever before. But I'd never had a reason to go and shake her hand. And so I remember I walked into the table read and she was there highlighting her lines or whatever. And I went up and I introduced myself. And she was very sweet. What color highlighter? <laughs> Pink, of course. <laughs> and um, she was shy and sweet. And, you know, we didn't say much. And I was like, you know, don't, don't, don't. Don't fuck this up. Don't don't screw this up, Michael. You've got to, you know, be cool. You're, you're working together. Because, you know, like they always say, don't meet your heroes because um, they might disappoint you. And they and and so I, I, I was like, OK, don't don't screw this up. Don't don't make her feel weird. Don't tell her what a huge fan you are. Um, try to talk about something other than her. And I knew about Broadway Barks, her her dog charity, and I knew that she was obsessed with you know rescue animals. And I was living in a building that was very dog friendly and had lots of dogs. And I love dogs, and so I was like, I've got it, I've got it. And I go up to her on set once we're shooting, and some downtime. And I was like, you know, Bernadette, I've been thinking about getting a dog. And she lit up because so she's very shy. She's a very so shy smart. person. And she lit up and she was like, really? And we started talking about dog. What kind of dog would you like? What kind of dogs are you into? What kind of dogs have you had? Blah, blah, blah. And the next day. <laughs> she brought you a dog? Oh, yeah. She she's brought two green. dogs. She had two dogs. She was like, come into my dressing room. And there were these two <laughs> mangy rescues that needed home. She was like, these dogs need homes. And one was a sort of like cranky, angry um, Jack Russell. And the other was this this mess of a Brussels Griffon, but that was really sweet. 
and really kissy and 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 I was like I'll take that one <laughs> and um like two days later I went and picked her up they they like they gave her a haircut and, and bathed her and 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 uh, and she was uh, a, a total mess of a dog and it took a while before we figured out how to like live with each other um but I I took her and she was my dog and what was her uh, what'd you name her sprouts she was a brussels griffon I didn't want to name you know I, oh. I didn't want to go all the way and name her Bernadette or something like yeah. that that would be a little too much but but then I I felt totally fell in love with her and, and named her Lily St. Regis <laughs> I that, that's a character from Annie, Annie yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Wonderful. <laughs> Life-changing movie, Annie. <laughs> that Bette Midler is not in. Go ahead. <laughs> but two other redheads are. <laughs> oh, she's I, a blonde in that. Anyway. But she's you, a must have endeared, you must have endeared yourself to her, because dog people are crazy. Well, I'm a dog... Right. And I am a dog person. I grew up with a dog, and I love dogs. Um, but I had never been a, an adult. You know, I'd never really been a grown-up before. <laughs> I and, know. And felt like ha- I could have a dog. And I was now I was on TV and had a, I had money and 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 I had a boyfriend and I thought, well, Ryan will help me. <laughs> and 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 he moved in shortly after, so we ended up living together soon after that. And, and so she was our dog, and and she was a great dog. And Bernadette always asked about her, and Gosh. and she just hand delivered me this damn dog. So have you guys kept it going? So, so I had Sprouts for four years, and then Sprouts died, <gasps> sort of suddenly. You know, she was a rescue. We didn't know everything about her, and she was she was she would get sick sometimes, and and I think she just had a bum ticker, and she ended up. We were away, and she was staying. Our friend was staying in our apartment with her, and Aww. she started to like get really really sick, and and so our friend took her to the the hospital, and. And they were like, we think she's going to be okay. We think, and then she ended up just stroking and dying. And it was awful. It was awful. And we weren't there. And so it was really, really sad. And I told Bernadette, I was like, just so you know, Sprouts died. And like she was in like, a I'm text so message? Uh, maybe an email. But yeah, we, she, we do text. She, she, <gasps> we, we, you do text? Yeah. Like when was the last time you texted? Uh, emojis she te- well, she's coming to my opening on Thursday. And so she, I invited her and she texted that, that she was coming and, and that she wouldn't miss it or something something like that with oh hearts and XOs. <laughs> okay, then I guess the next question is, does she know about all this? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I did think, that come I, out? Is she going to listen to the pod? I, I think she does. She, I think over the years I have told her, you know, I think... Uh, there was a... there was a, she, she was honored in Texas at some, at some big uh, education festival and I was there too because I'm from Texas and I, they just had me in to do something... She was like the, the headliner and I was like, and we had dinner. She and her uh, longtime assistant, Patty, and I had dinner. We went out for dinner. And I think I made it pretty clear at this dinner like, <laughs> that just so you know, I know that we're cool now and that we've gotten to know each other, but I know everything about you. <laughs> I've been a giant fan of yours. And I, and I, and, and now, I, I, you know, there was, I didn't, I didn't lead with it and I didn't, and, and, I don't know that she knows that I had a car called the Bernadetta, but but I uh, she will now she will now when she hears this podcast. But I but she she's definitely like gotten to know that she's she's been made aware. But but uh, she's she's come to see you know she came to the opening night of the Temperamentals that I did in a thirty seat theater on Thirty Sixth Street. Wow, I mean like she's cool. She's 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 a really she she's like I think she. I think she appreciates, you know, that how 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 much I appreciate her, and I think she actually does like me, and and you know, and and we've we've we're there's a reason why, I mean, I think we have a similar sensibility in in some ways, and and even though she's she's I, I she will always be on a pedestal for me. It's you know, we become pals. You've seen probably everything. That. I've seen everything since Annie Get Your Gun, yeah. What's your favorite? What was what, well, what moved you the God, most? The most surprising was Little Night Music. Really? Because I didn't know it and at all. I didn't really know anything mm. about it. And it's, so it's just like a whole bunch of new songs. She was yes. Singing. And basically that's an acting part. I mean, there's some good songs, but it's... And she just acted the hell out of it. It was so, it was, it was like seeing her in a play. She was so wonderful, and, and it was with Stretch. 
Oh. And my number two diva. Really? And Stritch was awesome, but like kind of didn't know, you know, didn't always know it. And, and Definitely not. I'm hearing a story that like, and you could see Bernadette like reaching in like, is this my cue? Is this my cue? I can help her. I can help her. And and I remember, I hear I heard that one night Bernadette was like trying to give her the line, trying to help her with the line. And that Stritch goes, don't help me, Bernadette. <laughs> <laughs> but that they loved each other. They, they, they totally loved working together and... Yeah, so Little Night Music was yeah. probably the most um, surprising, uh, and but Gypsy just destroyed me. And but but okay, Hello Dolly, and and I don't want to like obviously I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> we start growing fangs and we're jets I... and the sharks. We take off our shirts, <laughs> and we've been waiting for this moment. That was a beautiful moment because our divas shared a role. Yes. Yeah. This year in a fabulous. Flawless production. Yeah. I didn't get to see Bernadette, so I was always so curious about it. I mean, that production was fantastic. And I and I, apparently Betty Buckley's fantastic, too. I and saw apparently Donna, Donna was amazing. Donna too. was great. I love... I was at opening night, and Bette Midler was terrific. I thought she was awesome. It was yeah. so exciting to see her. Electric. Electric, yeah. And, and what a part. And, you know, totally erased any... Any Carol Channing, you know, I mean, Carol still obviously is uh, the queen, the queen. Yes. And it will always be her. But now, now, now to get to see Bette Midler and, and Donna Murphy. And for me, I mean, that Bernadette did it was so, so sublime. And I saw her do it like three times. And Mm. and what was the difference between Bernadette and Bette? Yeah. Well, Bette was... It was an, it was in in some ways I feel like it was an extension of Bet mm-hmm. as Dolly. It was like an extension of her her onstage persona and like the culmination of her entire career, put put up there, um, in this this incredible showcase of of jokes and songs and moves and and fun outfits and um, and it was and it, it, this incredible feat. Um, whereas for Bernadette, it was, it was, it was more like a victory lap. It was, you know, she'd so earned the opportunity to play a role that was that funny, that moving, um, that, uh, iconic and have her name up again above a title in, uh, in, in a theater like that, um, with a production like that behind her. She, you know, she belongs there. That was, it was, you know, you say back where she belongs. That's not, I mean, Bernadette, that is where she belongs. She belongs. She's the queen of Broadway. She's the queen. She belongs in a musical comedy all the time. She should always be in a musical for us. (laughs) We deserve it. She deserves it. Lock her down (laughs) on the stage. Lock her in the I heard that she brought a lot of, I I read somewhere that she she kind of touched on some more of the pathos notes in that performance. Yes. Uh, And, and Victor Garber, she and Victor Garber, there was, there was sex there. He is sexy. Oh man. They are both so sexy. And there was like, you, you, you were like, yeah, they should you know, I mean, as much as I they love, should do it. As much as I love the movie, you did not want to see Walter Matthau and Barbara really? Streisand even touch. No. <laughs> much Keep less, this in. <laughs> much less hold one another. And the idea that yeah. Bernadette and Victor, you know, they were re- like they did belong together, and and mm. it, you saw that in coming coming around at the end, and. Um, and that was really exciting. And and I felt Thornton Wilder. You know, it's based on The Matchmaker by Thornton Wilder. And when I saw it with Bernadette and Victor, I felt Thornton Wilder in the room. It was such a perfect... It was like gay fantasia in New York for two years. I'm really sorry I for know. everyone who doesn't live here. I'm sorry it closed. I wish that they'd kept it going. I don't know and, why and, they didn't. There's well, so many. Who would you put in next? It would have been hard to to, to, to choose. I want to see Patty Lapone do it. I mm-hmm. think she would have been fun. Um, Kristen Chenoweth would have been cool. Reba, Christine Ebersole, Ebersole, Reba. I mean, oh. Reba would have been flawless. Wouldn't Reba have been just like Dolly, right? Dolly Parton, Dolly? And, you know, they, they talked about Whoopi Goldberg. That would have been fun. Whoopi Goldberg would have been great. I mean, she wouldn't have been able to like. I don't know. Sing? Can she dance? I don't know she if she could dance, sing. but like, she can sing all right. Oh, she did Forum. She did Forum. 
Okay, we have to we have to keep going. Um, okay, so we we always wait, ask. Oh, wait. Okay, so this is a section we like to call flops and bops. Okay. So flops are anytime maybe your diva has disappointed you or a track where you're like, no, 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 please stop singing this song. Mm. And bops are like amazing, like bops, like tracks that people might not know that you're like, this is my bop, or a performance from a movie that people might not have ever heard of that only, or like a really great guest appearance on Larry King. Oh, know. okay, great. So give me a flop, and we'll give you okay. our Bernadette flops too. When I was in, um, I was in like high school, maybe community college, and I was really into Bernadette, and I, I found out that she was singing the um, the opening song. To the Barney movie. And what? so, what? yes, she sang the opening song <laughs> no. to the Barney movie. And so I thought, how can I get myself into a Barney? Why? Under what circumstance <laughs> would I watch the Barney movie? And so my um, drama teacher from high school, who was a great uh, friend and mentor of mine, had a little kid. So I called her up and I was like, can I take your kid to the movies? <laughs> and that's not creepy at that's all. Not a... And she was like, he would love that. He likes Barney, right? He loves Barney. So I take him. I don't know anything about a kid, about kids. And I'm making sure he's strapped in. I'm, and, and we end up late. <laughs> you missed the song. And we missed the song. And I had to sit through the damn Barney oh, movie. No. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wait, have you heard this? Have you heard the song? No, I don't think I ever heard it. Okay, well, let's just... Should we find it? Hell yes. If we can can find that song, let's listen to it. (laughs) If Barney, the dinosaur, comes knocking on your front door, just go and play with him, find your way with him. Well, that was the Barney theme song, wasn't that incredible? It was pretty good. I mean, it's still a flop, though. Still, she sounds great. I mean, you know. A flop for me is not, this isn't actually a flop. It's just a pit. We've already talked about this. I'm just pissed that the perceived reception of her gypsy is like, I know, lesser than when I feel like it's great. And it, I mean, Betts is also, her gypsy is also considered very lesser than. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I just think it's such a great diva role to watch any diva do. I don't I agree. like it when people shit on ladies gypsies. I agree. I agree. I think I think there's a, the, 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 the there's certain roles like Gypsy and Hamlet and and you know these these iconic roles, Medea that you know actors give us give are given the opportunity to try and the preconceived notion of the uh, the role colors people's opinions about it and it's yeah. not fair and everybody everybody just decided that because. Patty Lapone is the rightful heir to Ethel Merman that she was going to be the perfect Mama Rose and she was flawless as Mama Rose but that doesn't take anything away to me of uh, from yeah. Bernadette's and, interpretation and so was Angela Lansbury like right. you know exactly um, so you said she should always be on st- always be on stage yes what would you die to see? I I have one, but oh. what would you die to see her in? Mame. I think. That was mine. Oh my gosh, Mame! Oh Can we get that done? Oh. Scott get that done. Perfect. Scott I know. Rudin, we should, know you're listening. She should play do the movie. Mame. She would be so. Who would you put as her Vera Charles? I mean, you know who would be? I, I think Ebersol would be a great Vera mm-hmm. Charles. I mean, it would be so cool if Bernadette and Patty would do it together. Yeah. And Patty is very Christine Charles. Baranski. Baranski would be a great... But I think Baranski played... At the Kennedy Center. Mame? Or was oh, she... Did you play Mame? I don't know. I don't know. Bernadette is in prime Mame time. Okay, do you have a flop or a bop? Um, no. I have a bop. <laughs> Let's hear it. Pennies from Heaven. Oh, I love Pennies from Heaven. It's such a good movie. Pauline Kael has such a great review of that movie, and it's oh. such a love letter to Bernadette. Oh. It's really great. It's so... It's a really good, really, like, dark movie it's weird it's weird it's weird and um we haven't even talked about the jerk yet sorry oh the jerk is so flawless love the jerk i wish she uh, oh i have a flop i wish she made more studio albums yeah Mm. that's a flop yeah you know she only has a couple yeah she only has a few and and i her voice is so beautiful 
And she is such a good interpreter. Like, she is yeah. a good... I, I think, like, maybe people think she lives on the stage, but I also am like, well, just listen to her album. She also is a good studio yeah. artist. I would like someone to write her an original music, a new musical now. Mm-hmm. I think that would be... Have her originate something. Yeah. She's only done revivals since Sunday in the Park with George, I guess. Wow. And wouldn't right. it be exciting to see some young composer write something very exciting for her? I think that would be. I think that would be really cool. Love that. Well, we oh, so we always ask this question. It's 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 a tricky one because we're answering it from our personal selves. But let's see. Let's try it here. Uh, why do why do the gays love love your diva? What 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 makes her a gay icon? I think there's something about divas and especially these women that gay people that gay men especially. Uh, flock to and have for so long, you know, for for since Lucille Ball and you know Betty Davis and 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 all these these years and years and years of divas, generations of divas. There's something about that they are larger than life. They're they're too they're, 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 there's too much of them to really be compartmentalized in the role of woman in our society. That they are forced to break out with their own talent and they're in their way they're a freak that they are they're sort of there's this like this this like uh, uh, over the top nature to them that 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 can't be contained and can't be regulated to normal female um uh, social constraints and gay people are like that too i think that gay gay people are forced out of uh societal norms um certainly heterosexual norms and they're forced to make their own personas and create their own uh uh their their, their own personalities not based on others i mean now obviously like the 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 more um uh, exposure gay people get the, the the more you can look to those that have come before you but but for so many of of us we we had to look to these women who were these over the top wonderful fearless um icons to create our personalities and and you know obviously like it doesn't always mean doing drag or 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 even you know being the, the kinds of performers that they are but you i mean i i i steal from bernadette peters constantly in the work that i do constantly I'll I'll hear a line reading and I'll think, God, I totally stole that from Bernadette Peters and others. You know, I mean, not just her, but but I learned how to hear the inspiration. Yeah, yeah. You you learn. We learned from them Mm -hmm. because we related to them and we understand we understand them. And it's not just um, for actors. I think it's not just for people who pretend to be other people. It's for it's for people who are trying to come up with a personality when the people around them are no inspiration to them. Because there's this, you know, the, the, for gay people, we're the only minority that isn't necessarily born into a family of the same minority. And so we have to find, you know, we have to create a chosen family and find, um, find the mentors and um, the, the, the sort of, they have to, you have to find other mothers and fathers to 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 fill those those voids and, and teach you how to be yourself. Um, and that's not to say that our own families and our own parents can't be supportive and loving and and wonderful and teach us a lot about the world. But but th- there are limitations to what they'll know um, as heterosexuals, and um, and so we have to seek it out elsewhere. So our divas become family to us and. And we, we have older gay people that become mentors to us, and 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 we 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 have to we have to find those and seek those out, and it starts at home before you before you meet them. It starts with the divas and the ones that you find on television and movies and stuff. I think. So edit that. I'm gonna copy that for my own response. <laughs> uh, a so pilot beautiful. episode that we have. <laughs> <laughs> That was wonderful. That was so beautiful. That was one of the best ones we've gotten so far. That was great. Thank Um, you. Michael, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It was such a treat. I love talking about Bernadette. I know. We talk about how it fills us up. Yeah. I feel really inspired to continue my day. 
Mail. It's mail. It's mail at for the girl at for the girls podcast.com. Hey Jay, oh, why are you repeating our email? Well, because I don't know how to say it. Um, cause I'm dyslexic, but that was, but I'm also just in awe of Michael Yuri. That was so amazing. Um, I'm blown away and I just really want to inspire all of our listeners to let me try this. Send us an email at mail <clears throat> at mail at for the girls podcast.com. That's also our Instagram name without the mail part. <laughs> it's also our, the, it's just for the girls. <laughs> Twitter is what you could also tweet us at. And we would love, wow, if that's not fuck, if I didn't lose you there, um, <laughs> and you could tell us your, but listen, tell us your stories. We, we want to read your stories you. on the air and mm-hmm. we want to, we want to hear from you and we want, um, and Hey, we, maybe we want to interview you. Yeah. Or maybe Reach out you, to us. Or maybe you have some uh, corrections. Maybe we said Bernadette Peters' birthday wrong. Which we probably we said her birthday, did. did we? I don't even think we said But write us and then find us on iTunes or <laughs> Stitcher and rate and review and subscribe to us. Please. 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 Thank you. Loved this Bernadette Peters episode. Tell us about it. Thank you. Um, let's go out with a little uh, Bernadette. Oh, good. song and dance.